So this is a lifestyle and fandom podcast. Let's dive in. So this is Disney, our first Disney episode. I'm so excited. I'm back with my best friend, Sandy, to talk about the movie Soul. Hi, Sandy. Hey, girl. So we both have the movie Soul, and we want to talk about it because obviously it was the newest release um, in the Disney Pixar world. I just have to give a disclaimer. I do work for Disney, so there's only so much I can talk about, but that's why my Disney episodes will primarily be about reviewing and talking about the movies and TV shows, and I can talk about the parks, but I can't talk about, obviously, like merchandise and stores and things like that. So I'm not going to be talking about that, but that doesn't matter because all my Disney episodes will be reviews and talking about the movies and the TV shows and what we love and what we want to review about it and stuff like that. So, soul. Before we jump into it, I realized today, I don't know if you feel this way, that I love Disney, obviously. But I feel yeah. like I actually was shaped a lot more with Pixar movies. Like growing up, I feel like Pixar shaped me more than actual Disney. Huh. See? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Or, or, I don't know if it like shaped me, but had more of an influence on me. And I feel like as a kid, those are the movies mm. that resonated more with me. I think it's just because the Disney movies you grew up with were like the ones that like had little to no substance. I mean that in the best possible way. But, like, you know, we grew up with, like, Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty. And, like, Little Mermaid was so progressive. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't have, a Rapun- like, a Rapunzel or a Merida or a Moana or even kind Frozen. of movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, those I movies didn't really exist for us. So Pixar was the only kind of thing that was really giving you like very real stories. Yeah, I agree. I think it's also because like growing up, I watched a lot of even the older ones because we had them on VHS. So like I watched Jungle Book too, like a million times and I watched, you know, Lady and the Tramp and Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, Snow White. And not that everyone else doesn't, but like, I agree. Like those older movies are the same way in a little bit problematic in a lot of areas. So Um, So I think that's probably why I feel like Pixar has just always resonated more and like in a way of like, I like, I love them a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I agree. And I think about that even more now with Soul. (laughs) Oh, good transition. Love that. Also, huge disclaimer. If you haven't seen the movie, stop listening. Go watch yes. the movie and then come back and listen because we're going to obviously spoil the entire movie for you. So it's on Disney Plus for free. Go watch it. So anyway, so yeah, the first part we'll talk about Joe's life, landing the gig, and him dying and being sent to the great before, which crazy. So I want to start with, did you notice in the beginning that they actually show all the ways that Joe could have died before he actually died? And I thought that was crazy. Yes. Absolutely. But isn't that every single person in New York City whenever they walk around? Like, you know that there's, like, scaffolding happening 10 feet above you, and people are throwing shit. You see, like, you know, there's just so much happening that you really could die at any moment in the city. Yeah. The bodega one was my favorite when they were, like, sweeping something up. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. And he, was, it that, was it the banana peel or something? 
Yeah, like realistic. there was something going on where like, they spilled something yeah. at the bodega, and I was like, that is so realistic. Like you just walk past a bunch of glass. <laughs> yeah. Or when, like, see the the thing that he fell into the what is the thing called the circle that he fell in? Is it the sewer? Um, yeah, like it's a sewer, but there's a name for it. But it it goes to sewer. Yes. When he fell in that, you know how you the in the city they have those grates where you can see the train underneath, and I hate walking over those. When I saw him fall, and I said, see, that's why I don't walk over shit like that. Because you never know. One day that train could go by a little bit aggressive, and you fall through. Or, um, well, with those, too, with the, the grates in the subway, I feel like if you fall, like, the one he fell through was just, like, he fell to the sewer. But I feel like with the grates, I'm always afraid I'll fall and just, like, land on top of a, a train. And then just, like, mm-hmm. get on top of a train and die. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. It's over. There's no coming yeah. back from that. Agreed. I also thought it was interesting that he even, like, they even showed that he died. That's yeah. something really crazy. I thought that was nuts that they actually showed that he, like, fell from a really high height, which definitely means that he died. So he actually says in it, I don't know if you noticed that he said, if I could play with Dorothea Williams, I would die a happy man. And then he plays with oh, yeah. her. And then he dies. Like, that's so sad. <laughs> I know. Very, very sad. It made me think about like very all the times sad. in general, people in life are like, oh, I could, I would die for this or I would do this. It's just like, you don't want to say that because look at Joe, he said that and then he died. Yeah, quite literally. We used to live in New York. We, we, See. I, that's why I felt like the movie resonated a little bit more because the area. So I was wondering in the scenes that he gets to see his life in the, um, when he's in the Great Bowl for 22 and he finally does his, his like, seeing his life. How mm-hmm. did you feel about that? Like, him watching him, like, just be on the subway or in the diner and he feels like he wasted his life away. Like, how did that resonate with you? Well, number one, it was funny. I was watching with my boyfriend and he was like, doesn't this make you miss, like, being outside? And I was watching, I was like, yeah, kind of. Like, watching it and watching him, like, when he was, like, eating, well, it wasn't him, it was 22, but when I was 22, was eating the pizza, or when, like, he was just walking around, going to visit his mom, like, seeing him just, like, living the New York life, I was like, remember <laughs> when we used to be able to do that freely? That was number one. Yeah. But also, like, the whole subway scene in general was just very realistic, which was very interesting that they chose to, like, be that realistic for what's meant to be a children's movie because it was very depressing but I under like it was meant to be depressing um and I I know that people get like like the subway is like the most uh like that is the place to resonate and like think about your life you know when you go from like the beginning of the subway ride to the end of the subway ride you have like an hour and a half to do nothing but think so, I mean, that's, like, the best time to have an existential crisis. I just love the way he described it. But like, it, it brings you down. That's what it's supposed to do. That's the subway. It's supposed to drain you. And I'm like, you know, people don't really think about that when they don't, like, live in a city that has a subway. But, like, when you're really in a subway, like, that's what it does to you. Like, it, it, yes, it's, like, the heat is hot and it's people and whatever. But, like, you're going in day in and out, doing the same route. Or, or on certain days, you're going, like, this subway to this subway to this subway, like it really can do that. And that's why I felt like it resonated so well with the aspect of him realizing that he feels like his life just passed him by 
And I was like, yeah. So that's why I don't know. I, I was really happy that the movie was set in New York because of that. Because you know, it could have been set anywhere else, especially jazz. It could have been set in New Orleans or a lot or um, LA. Like it could have been set in a lot of different places. But mm-hmm. I'm happy that it was set in New York because I feel like just that area alone makes his story even more. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, like you know that the the city is like the hustle. That's all it is. Like there's no time to, for most people, like there's really no time to sit down and do anything. Like you are in the city because you are running all day, every day to wherever you're going. Like that is the city life in New York city specifically. Do you relate to, to look to how he was looking at his life of it, like passing by and like, what message do you think like it sends to people? Like when he was specifically watching his scenes when he was still a soul, like, do you feel yeah. like, what, what do you feel like that message was for people? That if you don't pay attention to your life, like, while it's happening to you, you're most likely going to finish your life and go, wow, I didn't do much yeah. of what I wanted to actually do. Like, a lot of those people, when they get old, usually look back at their life, think about, like, all their regrets. And I feel like he got a chance to do that like at a middle point in his life where he wasn't quite too old to be doing what he wants, but he's still not young enough to start. Do you know what I mean? Like he's like in that middle point where he dies and he gets to see like what he did and like whether it was like fulfilling for him or not and gets to like gets the chance to fix it before it's too late. Yeah, I feel like for me, when I first watched it, it I often have like thought about this too. Like people, I feel like you remember life by just the big moments, like, oh, the big birthday or the big, like that big thing happened, but you don't remember all the little things that you do the whole day. So even if you're retelling your day, you maybe have thought like one big thing that stuck out to you, but you're not remembering the 20 minutes or the 30 minutes where you traveled or you did this and that. Cause it's just, so you would minute like little things that just pass you by. So I've actually thought about this before watching the movie, like how can I enjoy every second of the day? Not like I have to make it perfect, nasty, better than every other day, but like how can I make the most of every second so it's not just like I'm repeating or not just like I'm letting it go by because I'm waiting for the next big moment. So I felt like watching that made me even feel even more about that because it's like, yeah, because like you can, which is kind of the beauty of the whole film of finding the beauty in life that is life. You can mm-hmm. find the beauty in that subway. You can find the beauty at the diner when you're eating by yourself your meal. Or you can find the beauty when you're just walking to the next destination. Like there's something always that you can make every moment, every moment feel different to you. And I think that's what I liked and loved about that scene because like it's it's a really sad scene and sad to see Joe's reaction yeah. to it. It's like really sad. Yeah. And it's very much like, that's why I was like, that resonates so much with adults because like the kids are going to be like oh that's sad but they're not going to understand that quite yet and I feel like that's something that really resonates with anyone watching that is older and that's why a lot of people say like this movie resonates with people in their 20s and I was like Mm -hmm. "Mm, yeah because the 20s is kind of the 20s is that that is the 20s (laughs) yeah that is no and it's interesting to think about it that way because I mean all the scenes to him at that time were very sad of like watching himself eat alone 
watching himself play the piano alone, watching himself like teach kids when that wasn't what he wanted to do, like what he uh, intended for himself. Not that he yeah. didn't want to do it. He just, this wasn't his like grand plan. But like, if you switch the perspective and looked at it in a positive way, like all of those things were still like great, wonderful things that he was doing. But just like his perspective on his own life made those moments seem so sad and depressing for him. Because I'm sure he moved on, and I'm I don't I'm sure he still ate pie at the diner and still taught the kids. But now it feels different for him. Yeah, because when you think about it too, all those moments are similar moments that 22 ended up enjoying about life: taking the subway, eating food, talking to the students. So it's kind of like a nice. Um, they do a nice linear pattern with that where they like they show you that and it ends up being the things that 22 ends up needing and loving in life so I feel like Mm -hmm. that is even more of a perfect parallel in that it's like he has the one view and then 22 is the one to show him this the the view of that the positive view of that Mm -hmm. I just think it's so cool I don't know I just love the parallels they did in the movie I feel like they connected it really well with certain things and that just made it more like oof yeah, I mean, you get the perspective of someone who's lived a lot of life versus someone who's never lived life. And you get to see, like, if someone who's never lived life can see so much positivity and joy in, like, things that were like, oh, this is so annoying. I have to do this every day. But, like, to someone who's never experienced that, it's such a wonderful and, like, way to live if you you know, have no expectations. Because 22 had no expectations. She didn't even, he or she or, you know, 22 just (laughs) never wanted to live in the first place. So there was no expectation of what they were going to see when they got there. If anything, the expectation was a lot lower than what they ended up finding. So. Imagine that though. Imagine being able to wake up every day with no expectations and just like wake up every day as if it was your first time experiencing everything that you're doing. It's hard, but that would be yeah. a great way to live. It would be a very great way to live. You would never be sad. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so I want to talk about next, especially us as artists, talk about the zone. The oh, yes, the zone. zone. Um, do you think it's real? And actually, let's start with that. Do you think it's real? I think so. I don't know if it says like visual as they made it. But I think like when you're really into your shit, you you find yourself in a in a place similar to that. Yeah, almost like euphoric in some aspects of it. Mm-hmm. I I don't even know. Just like I I find myself when I like especially when you dance because I'm a dancer. Um, for those of you that didn't know that, <laughs> um, I'm a dancer and. You can ask most dancers, and usually when you really find yourself enjoying what you're doing, like your mind kind of goes blank. And some of your some of the people's best work had no thought; like there was nothing going in their brain. They just did it. Yeah, I was and like, I feel like that's the yeah, like that's that's space. Even with dance in general, like if you're a viewer, that's how you people get lost in dance as well when they're watching it. Because they mm-hmm. get so into it that it's also emptying. I mean, I, I know I've had that happen to me when I'm watching you. 
like it just empties your mind and you're just focusing so much on it that you're kind of in that place with it and I, I think that's the beauty of art it could take you there um yeah and I think the same thing comes with acting too that's kind of like how the best work comes for acting is um you know you're you're doing it so much like you end up doing kind of the same thing of emptying your mind that it's just kind of flowing and as if the character's just rolling right off your tongue and it's nothing in there it's just happening and that's when it feels the most realistic and the most like gritty and I think, I think, yeah, I think it exists. I think the zone 100% exists. And I think that it yeah. can be a beautiful thing and not a beautiful thing, but definitely for, not even just for art, I think just in general, it can exist for many people. It's interesting that they also related it to addiction and like being obsessive. Because I forget who it was. Oh, the man that was in the stock market. Yeah. He was also in the zone, but like those like, you know, creepy monster thing um and like showing you that like the zone is only good when you're or, like good for you when it's done with positive and like good intent like yeah. if you're using it to you know not that you like you know anything could be done positively or negatively but when you become so engrossed in something that nothing else matters then that can quickly turn into something negative. Yeah, I mean, they even commented that they, when they made they made a joke about it, the guy, the broker, that there was like, oh, another mm-hmm. one. Because I was like, yeah, you can really see that with like anyone that works in finance. Like, you get so neat oh, yeah. into it, that it's hard to get out of it. So well, that kind of lingers on to like my next thought, but like there, I feel like there's positive and negatives about it. Like you can really make it like a positive experience, but it could also become negative so quickly, even for something as simple as art. Like if you get too much into it, it starts to become like just not the right way to do things, if that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I mean, like I know with dance at least, there's a huge uh, problem with dancers becoming obsessive with the need to just be perfect in what they do. And that obsessive nature, which is in a lot of dancers, like that like type A personality where you like you just need everything to be perfect and you you obsess about your feet, you obsess about your stomach, you obsess about your yeah. the way you look at in a certain angle, that like dance itself becomes a negative connotation for you. So it could like anything could turn negative when it's used in the wrong way yeah I, wrong, agree. But like, I feel like yeah. sorry yeah I feel like with acting it could definitely be that way when people get too much into trying to make it as real as possible and that's kind of like kind of border where like method acting comes in and things like that and people do <laughs> yeah. so much that it kind of like it actually ends up deteriorating a lot of people's mental health personally because they get so into it or if they're trying to use past experiences to help them fuel their emotion and things like that they it can really impact your mental health and how you just then it can also impact how you act further on and if it, you lose your talent in a sense and it disconnects the point of living truthfully in imag- imaginary circumstances to like this is just your reality and you don't know what's real what's not and you're just like doing it and you're losing yourself in it because you never want to use that you're you're acting using your body as a tool but when you cross it too much it becomes lost so which I think is that's when an actor would then be able to leave the zone and go to the very scary monsters (laughs) yeah absolutely 
method acting would be, is like a really good example of that or like method acting that goes wrong i mean if method works for you method works for you there is healthy ways to do it um but that was just like the example i thought of of like if you take it too far that can definitely get you into the negative part of the zone so joe died joe's in the group yes. before joe means 22 now then they go back to earth they went they went to the zone they're in the earth now and they're landing in the Joe's body and it's not what they expected. So in this part of the movie, what do you feel like, what scene impacted you the most? When 22 is experiencing life. Yeah. So first they go with the pizza, then they go to the apartment, then mm-hmm. they go to um, the tailor shop and they do the subway and then they do, mm-hmm. oh, they decide to do that, the haircut first and they land with the, the mom last. I think the first the first thing that really made me like, oh, wow, like that really like, you know, tugged the heartstrings a little was when the kid came to the apartment oh, and yeah. was like saying like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. I hate this. This is terrible. I hate it so much. And 22 just like listened to her play and was like, wow, you're really good. Like you should keep doing this. It makes you happy. Yeah. And, like, even though she cause like she had been, like, getting, not teased, but, like, she essentially just got a little embarrassed in the beginning of the movie because she was got carried away. And I think that's why she was like, ah, oh, I hate it. I don't want to do this anymore. And, <laughs> like, the fact that 22 was like, no, you're wonderful, and it makes you happy, so why would you stop? Yeah. Um, was so important, because, like, in life, doesn't matter if it's you know cool or trendy or like whatever if it makes you happy then why would you stop doing it um and then the second one was when the the little acorn thingy fell right when they were about to that impacted me too because that reminded me of like the moment the scene's happening all I smell is like the fall smell all I felt Mm. was like being connected to like Maybe I'm at my mom's house and I'm watching the same thing. I'm in the hammock or maybe I'm like walking anywhere. And it's just like, you know, you see the leaves falling. And maybe that's because fall is my favorite season. But just like watching that and watching it fall in their hands. And they were just like so amazed by it. I was like, that's the beauty of life. Like that's how beautiful life can be. It's just we ignore it so much. And that's why I was like, this is the scene. This is the scene for me. Because that one like made me so like emotional. I don't know. And it's so simple. It's just like a leaf falling off a tree and dying and she's catching it. But that's just like reminded me so much of like things I've experienced in my life of things I've like reminisced and looked at. And I love fall. And it's just like, that's such a beautiful moment to me. Joe, who's um, in the cat at this point, he's like talking to her about like, oh, like that doesn't matter. Like, leave it alone or whatever he was saying to her about like it doesn't matter like that happens all the time it's not a big deal like when you're alive one day you're going to realize it's not important as it's falling and she's like he they are so just transfixed by how beautiful everything is while joe is like well it doesn't matter who cares like not important and i thought that was so interesting because again as someone who's never experienced life 22 is like finding the most small thing like thing that we would just pass by every day like oh well there's the acorns again it's fall like exactly they're like wow this is just wonderful and because acorns you know 
are the beginning of trees. Oh right? my God, true. That's so metaphorical. Like, so one thing's dying, another thing comes. I don't yeah. know if that's true about the acorns, but it's still metaphorical. I think, like, I think acorns are the, yeah, I think acorns, when you plant them, they turn into some kind of plant. So like, <laughs> yeah, or like the little seed thing is a is a plant it's like yeah. a seed to a plant but it is like before life and so with 22 22 was a soul before life yeah but I think seeing that in the world and seeing that like there's so many of them and that's going to lead to something for 22 that was I feel like that was such a important transition and I'm assuming that's where she got her they got there I need to figure that out they got there um little past thing I was gonna ask that too what do you think filled in the last slot do you think it was the acorn <laughs> sorry Louise. I have no idea I really don't know what what would have like what picture because you would assume that was the point where they were like oh my god this is it like this is what life is gonna was you know what my life is whatever like my passion or my purpose yeah but like is it was it actually the seed or was it life in general you're just like looking at the beauty of life and then like what would that look like on a little patch yeah i was thinking maybe it could be like a heart or it could be like literally the earth sorry it could be oh, literally the earth like the earth becomes like a little thing and it becomes a bigger earth yeah so i, th- I was thinking it would be something like that but i agree i think it's something of like realizing the beauty of life and because obviously the end like the jerry's themselves were saying that or the jerry at the end the one jerry was saying right. like laughing at Joe for thinking that like one thing is your purpose and that's the only reason you're on earth is for your purpose when it's not about that your your earth patch is just making up your personality in a way mm-hmm. yeah like one tiny part of the rest of your life which is basically the whole of everything it's just you're finding a hobby you're not finding the, like yes there's gonna be like maybe it could be a career or something like that but it doesn't necessarily end up I bet you like half the souls in there doesn't end up being their actual career. It just ends up being something they love. And that's supposed to be yeah. something that just brings you joy and love. And that, I mean, that's like the whole point of the movie in, in essence, like there's no purpose to life. Life is the beauty of life and you're supposed to enjoy it. Exactly. Period. Period. <laughs> so anyway, now that we're transitioning to the end, would you have, did you like the ending? Like, would you have wanted to know who 22 is and would you have wanted to know how Joe spent his second life or do you feel like the ending was perfect the way it was I kind of wanted to see who 22 was going to be like as a six-year-old you know what I mean like just (laughs) seeing like what that would have manifested into even as a child because you know you can Children are like the their purest form as like you're your purest form as a child. Like, you know, you there's no like outside influence at that point other yeah. than like your family and your kindergarten class that's really affecting your life. So you're really at your purest form and your purest like exploration of life. I feel like we would get to really see twenty two for who they were outside of just, you know being a soul that was trying to you know cause trouble yeah um and really and really seeing how they actually you know enjoyed life even at that stage I don't think I would have wanted to see 22 as an adult but I feel like 
as a child, that would have been like the perfect, like, ah, yeah, makes sense. Or I don't know. I actually kind of wish that Joe died. Oh, why is that? Kind of. Like, I was like, what a, I, I almost went like, what a cheap ending. Like, oh, wow. To allow him to like continue his life. They were like, oh, there's no chance that you're ever going back. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. Like, your, your next chapter is going to be in the beyond. And then they go, just kidding. Here's a door. Like, go live your life. And it almost felt like, oh, well, like, they gave him all this trouble for what? You know what I mean? They didn't <laughs> they go through them. all that. Yeah, well, like, there was a very simple way to go about it if you were just going to let him go back. And I guess that's, like, the near-death experience part of Joe's whole, like, you know, you have near-death experiences, the whole life changes. Yeah, that's true. People really do have them. Yeah. I just was almost, like, waiting for him to die. Especially because he accepted at the end. You see his entire life flash before his, like, as he's playing the piano. And, like, oh, the it crying felt scene. like, <laughs> yes. And I was sobbing, like, that felt to me like a complete, like, accepting and like a peaceful acceptance of, like, okay, it's my time to go. Yeah. Like, I did the best that I could. It's my time to go. And then it was like, just kidding. And I was like, oh. <laughs> no, you can stay longer. <laughs> yeah. But I guess it, it's a children's movie, so I feel like it's easier for parents to explain. Like, he didn't die like he didn't actually die he dies but not really and he came back and he's fine rather than like to explain to your child like what death is about fully yeah yeah Yeah, I agree I think yeah I agree I think the nice thing about the movie though is like you feel like there's no I don't want to say it's no villain because they try to make Terry out to be the villain because he's going to discover Joe and whatever but it kind of felt a little like laxed like yeah Terry was like whatever like trying to do it and like you'd see scenes of him popping up but it wasn't as like I feel like other movies they've made where like the villain is like the villain you know right it felt like more of Joe was being his own worst enemy and he had to figure it out through him so I feel like that's probably why it relates to people more because it feels more realistic in that like yeah there's this like metaphorical being because it's still a children's movie and there's a villain but it wasn't like terry was the villain it was more of like i feel like i feel like the villain was was joe to himself which is so true like you can be your own worst enemy anytime no and i think i think uh joe and 22 kind of shared the villain role like 22 like because you know how uh when jerry says not jerry joe when Joe, <laughs> I know, too many J's, when Joe told 22, like, you don't, not that you don't deserve to live, but he was like, you just, like, you did, like, if you didn't have my help, you would have never gotten your badge. That's what he said. Yeah. And, you know, like that instance where Joe was very obviously being the villain in yeah. 22's story, That's where true. also 22 was the villain in Joe's story and that 22 refused to get back his body was the whole point of coming back to earth was that Joe should go back into his body and live the rest of his life. But 22 was being selfish. I don't know if selfish is the right word, but like 
more uh, worried about their self-interest yeah. in, in kind of valid ways um, and needed his body to do that yeah. um, without actually considering the fact that Joe just wants his body back. Yeah. Like it was always like an interchange. I think of it's like, always them in the way. Cause then at the end too, Terry becomes kind of this, he yells at Joe and he's like, Joe, you do this to yourself. Like mm-hmm. he just ends up being, which he ends up being the accountability <laughs> pun because he's the accountant. Um, <laughs> but he ends up being Funny. just, that ends up what just Terry ends up being. He's not the villain. He ends up being the accountant. Like he makes Joe accountable for his actions and Joe mm-hmm. accountable for what life is. And you can't cheat life. And even though at the end they do let him cheat life, but um, exactly. So I see what you're saying with that. I like the ending. I like that there's a lot of unanswered things in it because it just I don't know. I just like if I knew more, it would have just like ruined it a little bit. For, not ruined it, but it just would have been like I like that there's so many unknowns because it feels like that's the point. And a reviewer mm-hmm. that I or a couple of reviewers I've listened to on like TikTok and YouTube have said that the ending is beautiful like that because it's just like life itself like you don't know what's going to happen you don't know like what tomorrow may bring and life is just so unclear in so many ways and also like you just that's life and that's the beauty of life and so us not knowing the ending is kind of just like a play on that like not knowing what joe does not knowing what 22 does like that's just like the play on what the whole movie is about so i mm-hmm. feel like that's also great and i love that but people actually, you know, those people that actually thought he died, like they thought he was like dead, dead. And they recently came out with these like Pixar shorts called Popcorn. And there's one yeah. for Soul. And he like, it's about like the characters and they're doing like fun stuff. And he like comes out and they were like, oh, that confirmed that Joe's not dead. I was like, you guys thought he was dead? He was dead. And he came back. <laughs> I was in the yeah, movie. He made that very clear <laughs> that he was alive. Exactly. So I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. That's just like, whatever. But Anyway, do you think the movie was made for adults or kids? I think it was made for adults, but Pixar is a kids movie franchise. Like, it's a kids movie company, but they're really moving towards adult-centered themes using, like, kid-friendly characters. Like, I feel like that's why Frozen 2 was... Yeah. I was about to say Frozen 2! We just said that! (laughs) Yeah, like, Frozen 2 was, like, that first movie where they were really focusing on, like, very, very uh, adult-centered content while still catering to, like, the simplicity of what kids' movies usually are supposed to be. Like, very straightforward, but then, like, intertwining some adult themes in there. I think that's also the easiest way for everyone to learn. Like, not even just children, but adults, because you're not overthinking it. You're you're seeing mm-hmm. it, and you're letting it impact you, and you're letting it, which is, like, the beauty of it. That's why the Pixar movie, really, it feels like you're watching live theater, because live theater does that, where you're, you're taking it in, and you're the one that gets to make the analysis of it, but you also find the beauty in it, and it's just, like, your own thoughts, and it's something simple in front of you. So that, that's why I think, I think it's amazing that they're starting to do that, because it's the easiest way for people to learn those lessons or think about those lessons, especially as an adult. That's how you learn growing up. You know, you read the child's book and you learned kindness from that. So then as an adult, you're watching it as like with your children or just as an adult in general. And it's something that's going to resonate more to you because it's so, like you said, so simple. And I think that's mm-hmm. also like, if you watch that, 
and it was just like a regular Fox movie or something different. It was like all adults and it was doing whatever. It would hit totally differently. And we would actually criticize it more because we'd be looking at it as a drama movie or be looking at it in those lens of like, it's a drama realist drama realistic movie or a drama comedy or something like that. We, mm-hmm. we, would, we would look at it completely differently and we'd only have certain aspects of the scenes really impact us where it being in the simple medium of children's stories, it kind of just like resonates, I feel like with people more. And those are children's stories that end up shaping people in the way they live their lives too, which happens with mm-hmm. everyone. There's always a story that ends up shaping you from when you're hurt as a kid to the way you are now. Yeah. No, and I think Pixar is realizing that like children don't need to be, uh, don't, what is the word? Like dumbed down oh. stories. Yes. Children do not need to be coddled to understand basic lessons about humanity, like in being human and being empathetic. Like, though, I say that's why I think older Disney movies, it's so in your face what the message is supposed to be that it's almost like, like love, kindness, be kind to your neighbor. Like, that's like a phrase. It doesn't teach the child anything, but just teaches the kid to go, oh, I need to be kind, but it doesn't teach them what kindness is meant to be in a complex world that they live in. Yeah. Because their world is never simple and children go through adult things all the time. Like they're yeah. intertwined so many with children that do that. But I think that's realistic to what today is too. I mean, even before the pandemic and pandemic, there's a lot of children that grow up very quickly or they experience one or two adult things, or even if they experience, they have like a normal like they have like a regular, like they're just child and they don't experience anything trauma. If they experience one death, that's something totally different. Like that changes everything. Exactly. So I feel like I, think, I yeah. agree that Disney no, heard really... Pixar is doing that now. They're finally realizing that they can just really talk about the things that matter for these kids that they might be experiencing. That even if it's not all the viewers, a lot of the viewers are experiencing. Exactly. And they also know that a lot of their audience a huge chunk of their audience is grown up now because you know we were watching Pixar when we were little when our you know older siblings were little so like those that whole demographic of people are now our age or older and are still watching these movies so having that um more adult perspective onto a child's movie makes it more palatable for everyone in the family to watch because the adults in the family can be like wow that was a really great movie that I can explain to my children and then you feel comfortable having your children watch it and the actual children can understand it exactly yeah so I thought that was I think it's the way that they're going with their movies I feel like is a great direction because children don't need to be like spoon-fed lessons yeah I agree. I 100% agree. Like, I think that's just, I think they're doing a great job. And I hope that they keep doing that with their next movies. Mm-hmm. The next movie is called Luca. It's um, set in Italy. And Ooh. it's, we don't know much about it, but we know that one of the characters becomes like a sea monster. And that's all we know so far. And speaking of the next movie, as you know, or hopefully you know, in Pixar, they do obviously Easter eggs for the next movies. And yeah. Easter egg that majority of like people or Disney, or whatever, feel that the was in Seoul was there's a part where he's walking, Joe and the cat, or Joe and 22. Um, and they pass by this like uh, 
they're walking the sidewalk and there's a poster and it says visit Porto Rosso and that's in Italy and then some people say the little bottom part you, you can't really see it some people say it says travel Luca Airlines so that's the ah. um, and then I was wondering what the easter egg was for Onward and because Onward, Onward was the last movie before Soul so what was Soul's right. easter egg so actually it's in the beginning of the movie when Bartley um the older brother when he has the game out, if you remember in the beginning, they had the game out, and then like the the new boyfriend comes and he sits down, and the game goes everywhere. You yeah. see a part where they have their like records, and the mm-hmm. record is Dorothea Williams. Oh yes, I do remember seeing that. Yep, that's the Easter egg for for Soul in the next movie, which Hi. I thought was amazing. So, how, what did you think of the criticism the movie received, or did you feel? I mean, it didn't receive much. Like what? If you've heard about some of the criticisms, like, what did you think about it? The only criticisms that I saw were about, uh, A, Tina Fey. Was it Tina Fey? Yeah, I also okay. critiqued her. I did not like yeah. her acting in it. I, but, but Tina Fey like playing Tina 22. Yeah. Well, yeah. I thought it was a perfectly placed character. She did a wonderful job for the character that she was supposed to play. For anyone listening, which was the reason a very that I... annoying white woman. <laughs> The reason I criticize Tina Fey is because I don't like when voice actors or when an actor is doing a voiceover role and you could just like so easily like you're just like it kind of takes you out of it. Like, OK, this is like Tina Fey because Jamie Foxx played Joe. And yes, there's some areas where I'm like, oh, it's Jamie Foxx. But he played it so well that you just like kind of forget it and you just like get into the character. And I had the same experience watching Amy Poehler as actually every single actor in Inside Out because I knew all of them from different shows I've watched. They're also very famous comedians and things. Um, it just kind of like took you out of it in a way by how well they acted. And I feel like Tina Fey didn't achieve that as much as I'd wanted her to. And I think I also might play into I just don't like Tina Fey as an actor. Um, but that was my that was my critique of the movie. So I wish they did pick another one. But I also agree with you at the same time that it does come across of what 22 was trying to do with her voice, that she was trying to be exactly that. And yeah. in the end, they yes, they picked the right person, but did it bother me? Yes. But was that the point? Yes. See. And I think like they made a very uh interesting choice to like go with that route of like playing on the annoying white woman trope. That is like so like the very like what is the not key? Not Kathy. Karen, there we go. Um, like that Karen kind of idea, um, especially because Joe's a black man. So I thought that was so, that was such a smart choice and like such a smart like way to play around with it without being obvious. Um, but I know people crit- like criticize that just because they're like, ah, Tina Fey's so annoying. And I was like, yeah, that's the point, ladies. That's the point. Um, but number two was also that um, no one liked, or not no one, but I saw a lot of criticism about uh, 22 going into Joe's body for a significant portion of the video, video, movie. movie. <laughs> and also the fact that Joe spent a lot of time in the great before as a soul and not in his body as a black man, yeah. which I, I understand why it's frustrating because thinking about like Princess and the Frog where she was a frog for the entire movie. Um, Like 
you want like you don't want your next movie that has a black lead lead yeah to be in that same position being turned into another kind of creature but he wasn't turned into a creature it was his soul and it's not like I think in the princess and the frog you don't actually see her black body like you don't actually see the black woman that she's meant to but that she is yeah for most of the movie where like you do see joe immersed in his neighborhood immersed with his family um you go to the barber shop you you experience his life as a black man um both through the eyes of joe in his own body and through the eyes of joe outside of his body so i think it was a it's a valid criticism, but I feel like it gets misplaced, like like a lot yeah. of like misplaced uh, anger because I felt like the movie did such a like the people who made the movie did such a great job of really fleshing his character and his culture out yeah. into the movie without being like this is a black man and this black man does these three things like they made him like a very individualistic character who also played and like explored his own culture throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Um, uh, a TikToker I follow, his name is Straw Hat Goofy. He is a movie reviewer. He's amazing. If you guys watch TikTok, watch him. Um, he made a great point on that. That he was like, when he first saw the trailer of it, he felt like, it was going to be that. He was, gonna, like, he was critiquing it. He was comparing it to Soul. I mean, to Soul. Yeah, it's a Soul. Coco. <laughs> but when watching the movie, he realizes and he talks about how the movie is about Joe as a person and his soul and how his Black culture around him shapes him. But it's not about that as a person. Like, that's what the movie is about internal. When you see Coco, it is about the Mexican culture. So you can't. The great example he uses is that like they could have easily done a different race. Like it could have been a Puerto Rican and that would have changed the scenes because it would have just been the culture that surrounded him, that shapes him to be the person he is. Him, her, it could have been anyone. And so mm-hmm. with Coco, for example, you can't do that, obviously. Coco is about the Mexican culture. It is about Dios de Muertos. It's about that exact thing where this movie isn't necessarily about black culture. It's more about it's a black man and the life he's living and how his culture has shaped him and how he's used life and how he's going about life. And I just think the way that he described it as like that comparison and saying that they could have easily, like you could take the movie and pick a different person and just pick a different culture. And it would have, you would have shaped it around the, their culture because that's true. Your, your culture shapes you 110%. So that's why I, I agree that like, it, it's a valid criticism because they haven't done anything else other than Princess and the Frog and you're just like what the fuck and you're waiting for it and you're waiting for that because you want the children to see things that aren't the same looking by people over and over again like valid and that's what should be next or that's that should be in the lineup no matter what but it is making the point of like which a lot of people make and I, I know as myself as an artist I make of like fighting for my community in a way of like I wanted to to debunk the standards that, you know, I can only be in the roles that people put me in. I want to be able to have Latinx artists be able to be the girl next door, be that character, be that person, like in a story that doesn't matter what, what your culture is. 
or it doesn't matter who you are in a way of like you could be in that story too not just not just the white character could be in that story you could be in that story too so exactly. which is also like what I'm fighting for because yeah yeah you want to fight for as well you want to fight for as well that everything is represented correctly and you want to fight for as well that you know you break the stereotypes of what people think you should play or what you should be and I, I agree they flush this movie out so beautifully at the same time it's so yeah. beautifully fleshed out that it's like you just you see the world in his perspective and I love that and it just happens that this perspective is a black man's perspective. And I think that's exactly. I think I, I said this to you when I had first watched the movie. And I had seen the cartoons and I was like peeved beyond peace because I was like, how can everyone's fighting for more inclusion? But then at the same time, you're putting everyone back into the same boxes that you're trying to get them out of. Because if you want inclusion in these mediums, Black and brown bodies have to be able to tell stories that don't revolve around their blackness or their brownness. Exactly. Like it doesn't, this entire movie of Soul did not, um, it didn't, uh, what is the word? Like the core of the movie was not about exploring his blackness. His blackness was just there, plain and simple. And like, it just moved around him and he interacted with it just in the way that every other black person interacts with their culture. It's not a big deal. It's not like this, like, oh, look at the barbershop. Like, it was just regular life. And and if they made it like that, it would have actually taken away from it. Exactly. And it would have been obvious that they didn't do their job correctly. Yeah. Um, That's why I thought it was so wonderfully done because... It was about him as a person, and this person was shaped through his culture as a black man, and that's yeah. just how he was able to view life. And you can see it in his interactions with his mother. And I think, like, because I am Afro Afro Latinx, I'm a Puerto Rican who is black, and you know, as a black person who also experiences all those things, like you can look at his interactions with his mother, the way that his mom was like, I want better for you. I want you to get a good job. I want you to, uh, I don't want you to be poor. I don't want you to be like in the streets and all this stuff. Like that's that kind of idea and that kind of interaction with his family is not exactly specific to black culture, but it's something that like, you know, is around the Latinx, around the, Latina culture and around the black culture, that idea of striving to be better and uh, it's kind of frowned upon to, you know, drop everything and do music because you want your children to be successful in the eyes of like the white gaze. Because for so long you couldn't be successful doing those things. Yeah. Um, and that's why like his father, who wanted to be a musician, not that that has anything to do with his blackness or whatever, but like the fact that his father was not able to succeed in the way that he was like trying to, she didn't want to see her son fall to the same fate. She wanted him to have a pension. She wanted him to have health insurance. Insurance. They have insurance. (laughs) Yeah. Like those, those kinds of things while pertaining specifically to his culture and his blackness is also very, very large themes that a lot of people also deal with. And, you know, like, 
I thought it was like stupid people. Yeah, I agree. But away yeah. from the criticism, for a fun question, what do you think would be on your Earth Pass? I have no fucking clue. I really <laughs> don't know. I I thought about it. Me. Pizza. <laughs> I don't know because I I feel like it would be dance, but I feel like that's the obvious answer. Yeah. Like I don't really like I and the whole movie is like purpose has is not the no driving purpose. force of life exactly. Purpose is no purpose, literally. <laughs> so like I don't. I feel like dance is the obvious answer, and then the obvious answer is always the wrong answer. So maybe dance is a thing you discover in the hall of everything that sends you there, but there's other things on it that maybe you have to figure out what what is what what tunnel did they put you through? You know what I mean? Like even yeah. other stuff because usually the the hall of everything or not usually, but in the movie they made it seem like the hall of everything is kind of like the last step. Like you know you, you find yeah. something that you like. That probably was your thing. Like mine probably was acting too. So. But it's like, I wonder what the rest of them were. Like, was it just like, like friendship? Was it like, you know, yeah. kindness? Was it like, um, uh, what's it called? Was it like being self-conscious? Like, was it, like, what oh, was, was it? being insecure? <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Like, like I wonder what it I is. don't know. I feel like, because I know there was a, you know the in the movie the soul that was like I'm a sociopath with a side of like uh, whatever whatever and I like to burn things for fun like that kind of idea of like having an exact pattern of your personality just like out and plain and like that's it I don't know if that's like creating I, yeah it really is that's what it felt like when I was watching it, I was like oh so like you get the you get the five little you know, little boxes, and you click this one, and you click that like, one. Um, they're going to be arrogant, okay? They're going to be self-controlling. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what Sims is. <laughs> it really is. Like, Sims is the great before. Everyone always jokes are like, okay, we're playing Sims, but in reality, there's probably somebody playing Sims up there, and that's the great before, exactly. they're playing Sims. <laughs> Literally, exactly. the, ter- the Jerry's are like, let's do this. Let's just do this. So. No, anyway. I completely agree. But I feel like one of my patches would be like, uh, I don't know. I I feel like the word loyalty is so like like I'm loyal. I like you know what I mean. Like bothersome. <laughs> it just bothers me. I hate when people say that. Like oh, I'm so loyal. I'm the loyal friend. Like really, I'm the loyal friend around. <laughs> yeah, maybe like, it's like mm, more okay. of like commitment. Like you but, have strong commitment to things you love, and that includes people. That's true. Commitment would be a good one. And then like a, little, a little dash of like uh, anti-socialness. And then a little dash. <laughs> a dance. And then a little dash. They had you know that. I mean? they, like, had the, they had that in there that it was like the ones that are really social and the ones that are not. They had it in there. Yeah. What they called it. Yeah, I feel like mine would be like the in-between. The person that wants to be what isn't. <laughs> what do you think your uh, one of your patches would say? Um, I think if they have like a relationship on like friendship, I guess that kind of like goes with the commitment, but like I take my friendships and like family relationships like so heavy and serious. Like they like mean so much in my heart. So maybe they meant yeah. so much in my earth paths. Um, mm. So I feel like maybe that and then like a dash of like, you know, self-consciousness and then like the, the social ones we talked about. And then like maybe <laughs> just like 
Um, maybe it has to do something with like, this is kind of like a big stress, but like, you know what like your chakras, there's different aspects of your chakra that you're stronger in. Maybe yeah. it's like a part of that. Like maybe like they gave me, cause I've been told like my, my soul, my heart chakra, my solar plexus chakra, my strongest. Like mm-hmm. maybe that's like a part of it. Like maybe it's just like everything that entails in this part of me, my heart, my solar plexus and my love and whatever. Maybe that was on my earth pass. Hmm. Yeah, cute. Yeah, very cute. But mm-hmm. that's all I have for soul. I love the movie. Did you love the movie though? <laughs> oh, I absolutely adored it. I thought it was wonderful. And I don't know, it makes you feel so introspective about your life and like makes you think like, is my life okay? Like you know, <laughs> like okay. I feel like it yeah, like did you, like I feel like I ended the movie and I was like, wait. Am I good? Like I had to sit for a second and be like, hmm, did I cry too hard? Is everything okay? I was Am like, I nah, okay? everything's fine. Okay? Everything. Yeah, yeah. That's literally how I felt watching that movie, and even when I watch it multiple times after, I'm like, still like, mm, okay, Am I okay. Let's see. Yeah, <laughs> like that kind of stings a little too much. But no, I I completely agree. I thought it was a really, really wonderful movie, and it. Yeah. I don't know. I thought, because uh, I always thought that purpose was like a very real thing. And to think that like the Jerry's are like, Nobby, that ain't it. It's like, oh. That makes <laughs> like, me feel better, to be honest, because you put so much pressure on it, you know? Some people really do. Mm-hmm. And some people put pressure on it when they don't know what their purpose is. And then people look down on them. And it's right. like, so annoying because it's like no you don't have to I, and I always advocate people like that like especially like they're like people who don't go to college and like you want to go to college like you don't have to do that or when you're in college you don't know what you want to do and like half the time people go to college and still don't do what they went to college for so it's like exactly I feel like everything with that makes sense like it I, I don't want my life to be just about my purpose anyway like I've never wanted that I've never even as an actor I've never like yes it'd be great to be successful and rich and famous but like that's never been my goal with it I want to make sure that I enjoy I just enjoy the art that I like and that's what I think the movie is saying too like yeah you can you can be a jazz musician that's great but like just enjoy it like that's it just enjoy it period mm-hmm. yeah period. very true period no I think like I used to think that dance was like I don't succeed in dance and life is over and that's it the end not but true. yeah like it's not and you know, for a time, especially when you're in, like, a very, I don't know if domestic is the right word. Hmm. Sounds a little misogynistic of me, but, like, you know, like a, like a, you know, when you're in a very, like, normal, happy, healthy relationship and life, there's a lot of different facets, facets of your life. Like, I started to realize that, like, there are so many people that dance is, like, the one thing that they do. And there is nothing else that they can do or even attempt to do. Which is not and good. Yeah. And I feel like that's great for some. Because if that's really like, that's what you want to do for the rest of your life and that's it. Cool. But like dance is like through every part of my life. Dance is just there. Like I work, my dance, like working is dance. <laughs> my job is dance. I like I make money through dancing like all of that is there (laughs) yeah but 
I still have like so many other parts of my life that have nothing to do with dance that are still just as wonderful. And if dance went away, I feel like I could still live my life happily. You could still think is like, it. yeah, yeah. I think is like the goal. Like you still want to be able to, like, if that thing went away, would your life be over? Yeah, you know what I mean, that's a really good question too. Which is like, what how Joe felt? Like he felt like it went away, and he felt like it was over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it wasn't because his life was great no matter what. So anyway, anyone want to watch wants to watch Soul? If you didn't watch it already, you just listened to this whole thing. Go watch it. I hope that you guys yeah, love you the must movie be as well. So confused. <laughs> wow. Go watch the movie. Go love it. Um, I do something else that's fun. So because you're on my first Disney podcast, I love. do know obviously that one of your favorite movies growing up, which might be not the same now because we're older, was Sleeping Beauty. So it was. I thought you should take a fun trivia quiz for a prize that I have. <gasps> Wait, I get a but is it a virtual prize? Or do no, I have to wait till I see you again? You would wait till I see you. We get a real prize. I get a real prize? Okay, let's do this. Okay, so um, this quiz is from ohmydisney.com. I do not own it in any sort of way. They're a great website. They're a blog. It's great. What gift does Flora, the red one, bestow on Princess Aurora? Beauty. Got it. Finish the lyric. I know you. I walked with you. Oh, I know you. I walked with you once upon a dream. Got it. it. What did the good fairies name Princess Aurora while she remained in hiding? Oh, oh, wait, no, stop. Aurora, no, it's not Aurora. It's, uh, (laughs) Briar Rose, Briar Rose. Last question. What color is Princess Aurora's dress at the closing of the storybook? That's such a stupid question it's a straight <laughs> question it's so many colors uh i have blue purple pink and green but is it right before the credits come on it is says that the closing about? of the storybook so i can show you, you know how oh 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 it's i think it's pink yes i'm gonna count that as a win so you won. I'm gonna show you guys. Oh my hey, god! Princess Aurora. Technically, it's an ornament, but the things I like about the ornaments, like you can use it on your tree if you want to. You can honestly just cut the, the thing, and you can like put it on your desk, and it's a cute little thing. It's Aurora, all the animals, and when they're dancing. So, oh, that's your prize. So you can keep it, like I said, as an ornament, or you can cut the string and just like put it as a little thing. That's amazing. I love that. So congrats. Wait, what, happened, what, would have, what would have happened if I lost? Would I have not gotten the thing? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> winky, wink, wink. I don't know. You're my first Disney guest, and that's my first Disney quiz, and I want to do that with everyone. So I think it's fun. I love that. That's so, so cool. So congratulations on your prize. Thank you so much for being on the podcast yet again. And thank you guys yeah. for listening. So this is Disney. Have a great night, guys. Bye. Bye.